0: Welcome to Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada with a focus on the persecuted church. You know much has been written and said about the plight of the small Christian population in Afghanistan since the militant Islamic group the Taliban took over the country in August. To try and get a more reliable and understanding of what actually is taking place for those who follow Jesus in this war-torn country is a man that has lived in the landlocked country at the crossroads of Central and South Asia is John Weaver. John is a Christian leader. He has done humanitarian work there and really has an interesting perspective of what is taking place in Afghanistan. He's written a book called Inside Afghanistan, and I will put these show in the show notes uh, where you can get a copy of that book. And also joining us is Floyd Brobel. Floyd is the CEO of the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. And before we meet John Floyd, tell me why it's important to hear from people like John Weaver.
1: Uh, it's important to get trusted people uh, knowing what's happening uh, in a country, in particular uh, when there's a crisis situation as what we're seeing in Afghanistan. You know, we're seeing a lot of false information. We're seeing a number of organizations certainly taking advantage of the situation and and uh, implementing projects, raising a lot of money uh, and and we even have you know a number of people contacting us asking us what we're going to do to help persecuted Christians in Afghanistan. And so it's important, therefore, that we really get an understanding of what's happening. And you know our our experience has been we often have to let the dust settle in a particular crisis situation so that we can really begin to understand how we can specifically, Help persecuted Christians. And so, having trusted partners in a country and having people that um, have the expertise in a country to kind of guide us and, and help us along the way, it's so vital, so important for us to be able to, to fulfill our mandate as we believe God's called us to.
0: Okay, thanks for that, Floyd. Uh, Now we're going to meet John Weaver. John has worked with Muslims for over 25 years, and since 1998, he lived in Central Asia, including Afghanistan. So, John, why did you go there, and why this passion uh, to work in in a country where many people would say, why would you even want to go there?
2: Well, Greg, thank you so much. The short story is that God loves Muslims. His heart is for the Afghan people. And God has put that love in my heart and I prepared myself and had some training and, and God just, that was the call that he had on my life was to go to Afghanistan to work with Muslims there, to love them in word and deed. Uh, I went at a time where the Taliban was con- in control before 9-11 and we were doing humanitarian relief projects to serve the Afghan people who were displaced by the tyranny of the Taliban. And I thought, wow, this is a wonderful opportunity to serve and to share God's love and word and deed. And I've been involved ever since.
0: So you went before the the Taliban took over. So you were doing, working with refugees, internally displaced refugees within Afghanistan. So when you got there, what was the situation like in terms of Christianity? Were there any Christians there or were there just a very, very few?
2: So I was there before 9-11, so that, at that time, the Taliban were in control of most of the country from 1996 to the year 2001, and there were like-minded humanitarian workers like myself, and there were uh, other followers of Jesus there, uh, but of course, the Taliban had you know, strict Sharia law. There was a civil war going on, and my, mainly our response was humanitarian response, trying to, to serve those that were displaced by the Taliban. We had opportunities all the time to share about our faith and to share the good news and to love people and to pray with them. And uh, it was that was just God's opportunity for us at that particular, uh, t- particular time in history, before
0: 9-11. So what was it like then after the Taliban was pushed from the country when uh, the U.S. and Canada and other countries went in there Uh, you know, you had this kind of coalition government, there was more freedom, but not total freedom, of course, because Christians continued to struggle and go under, undergo persecution in Afghanistan. Uh, But what was it like at that time in terms of people being open to the gospel?
2: Yeah, well, you know, 9-11 brought Afghanistan to the world scene, and it mobilized the international community, and as you said, the coalition forces came, and NATO came, and and the Taliban were toppled, and a new administration was put into place. And, and for many Afghans, it was like a time of freedom in some ways. There's, you know, it's still a Muslim country, mm-hmm. and every tribe and you know people group that's there is coming from a Muslim background, but at least the tyranny and the strict Sharia law of the Taliban was no longer there. And so God's kingdom advanced, a lot of gospel advancement, and a lot of people have come to faith during that time, of course now as you know afghanistan's back in the world scene and we're the situation's very very different no one ever expected it to be like it is right now
0: john one of the points is that we've seen on you know on the internet and social media and unfortunately christian organizations saying you know there's tens of thousands a hundred thousand christians in afghanistan uh you know people that i've talked to that have you know a connection into afghanistan say no it's not like that it's maybe five to eight Ten thousand at the most. What what would you say? Would you say it's that sounds more reasonable?
2: Greg, the way God has told me to answer this question is unconventional, but it's this: there's not enough. The Lord's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Having said that, we do know that there are thousands of followers of Jesus in Afghanistan. How many thousands? Only the Lord knows that are His. That's right. But there's not enough. There's still a lot of work to do to get the life-giving gospel spread throughout that whole country.
0: Your story, in the sense, I'm going to talk about the current situation, but you went there in 2000. So as you mentioned before, 9-11, you had no plans to get married there, I'm sure. But uh, you met a lady there that had connection to the U.S. In fact, she was uh, born uh, in Afghanistan, American parents, worked with the government, I believe. And you had four of your five children there. Uh, were you were you ever, you know, afraid for the safety of your wife and children?
2: Well, Greg, that's a great question. I write about that in the first book I wrote. It's called Inside Afghanistan. I write about some experiences I had as a single person. Then we write our family story uh, in a book called Najiba, which is my wife's Afghan name, a love story from Afghanistan. And I do write in there times where, yes, I have experienced direct opposition, death threats. Having said that, I want to remind listeners, some of my best friends are Muslims, and I've had my life saved several times by Muslim friends just because of the love and respect and the honor that we had in our relationship. And the listeners can read more about that in in, in both of those books, uh, Inside Afghanistan, Najiba, Love Story from Afghanistan. The other one I wrote is called A Flame on the Front Line.
0: You know, and one thing, John, I just love about uh, you is your heart that you have for the Muslim people. And you even talk about those in the Taliban; they're not all terrorists. Many of them have they've been caught up, as we you know, you'd see in you know world history of those that had to join you know the Nazis in Germany. They not necessarily were behind what was going on there. Uh, now they may be in terms of ideology, but a lot of these uh, young people are, especially the men, of course, are victims of what's taking place.
2: Yes, yeah, sadly, Greg, in Afghanistan, it's a survival society, and so here comes the Taliban, you know, making some promises, and you and you join them. But the Pashtun people, which makes up most of the Taliban, they're lovely people. God made them, he them in His image; they're they're image bearers of God, created in His image, and They're so hospitable, and there's so much we can learn from even their eastern worldview. Sadly, they're misguided, and sadly they've kind of gone down a wrong road and they're trying to promote Sharia law. But yes, we love Muslims because God loves them. Some of my best friends, as I said, are coming from that background. And there's such beauty in Afghanistan. It's a beautiful country, Mm -hmm. mountains and rivers, and valleys, and lakes. I mean, Sadly, it's been destroyed by civil war, but it's a beautiful country, and the Afghan people are beautiful people creating the image of God. They're just waiting to come into the real encounter of the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.
0: John, what was your feeling when you saw what was taking place and how quickly the Taliban, uh, you know, took over the country? We've seen, you know, people trying to leave the country, getting on airplanes. What was your senses? Because you had been there just, you know, a few months before this all happened. So personally, how did you feel?
2: I was heartbroken, as were millions of Afghans and millions around the world. None of us expected this to happen, especially thinking about 20 years ago. Here we are, 20 years leading up to 9-11, and now we're back to where we were. And actually, it's even a whole lot worse. Uh, I mean, as you know, it was the the Northern Alliance forces that helped the NATO and the American-led, you know, Canadian, the different international community forces that came in, It was the Northern Alliance that helped them, and a lot of them were from the Panjshir. And now you can look on the news. I mean, there's only one spot left in the whole country that's not controlled by the Taliban, and it's one little spot in the Panjshir. So the whole story is grieving. It's heartbreaking. As a fellow American, I I see some of the mistakes that our American government made. As a humanitarian worker, you see the destruction, the death, and your heart's just wrenched I mean, I get calls every day from people in the country. They're begging for help because now it's like they're in a nightmare. They're living in a nightmare is is the best way to describe it. They're in the middle of a nightmare.
0: As John Weaver mentioned, we really don't know how many believers are in Afghanistan. But while the numbers may be small, they are serious about their relationship with Jesus and look forward to being together and encouraging each other.
2: We know that Jesus said that whenever two or three gather in his name. And so you got to think that perspective that they're gathering in small groups. Sadly, the current context is it's like sheep among wolves. And there's a mm. video about that. that The listeners could Google sheep among wolves. But when they gather, they're gathering because they love the Lord and they've experienced his grace and his salvation and his mercy and his forgiveness. And they're, they're gathering to worship him and and he delights in their worship. He's seeking them to worship him in spirit and truth. And so they do similar things that any of us as followers of Jesus would do in terms of singing or sharing and praying for one another and encouraging one another in in God's word. And uh, and of course, now, as we know, a lot of tears and a lot of brokenness among the the body of Christ there. So there's a lot of prayers and crying out to God. And of course, there's a lot of moving pieces going on right now, as you know, Uh, a lot of have left the country or trying to leave the country. So you have a whole lot of of that actually that's going on as well.
0: You know, when we talk about, uh, you know, this kind of persecution and many, I think many well-meaning Christians, Christian organizations saying we got to get every single Christian out of that country or they're going to be killed. From a theological perspective, we know in the Bible that Uh, There are those that are supposed to stay and want to stay. And and some of your friends are like that. No matter what happens, we're staying, we're spreading the light of Jesus. There's others that are going to be leaving and scattered. And even biblically, that's what we saw in the book of Acts. When persecution came, they scattered. So is that what's going to happen? Do you think, John, that some of the believers in Jesus will be scattered to other villages and then bring the light?
2: Well, that's currently what is happening. It is like Acts chapter 8 the persecution came and and some stayed and some were scattered that's just the, that's just the, that's the historical precedent of what happens and so yeah that's the current situation right now and that's really between them and God what is God leading them to do what is God asking them to do what do they sense God wants them to do and what's right and best for them in that particular context but yeah as, as the people of God and having the word of God and being led by the spirit of God when there's a scattering It does scatter God's life-giving seed, but our greater concern is for those who are going to be called to stay and live out their lives as sheep among wolves, that God would be with them and that he would use them for uh, his glory.
0: Can we draw parallels, John, between what is currently happening in Afghanistan? I know these are the early days of the Taliban back in control, but we saw the revolution in 1979 in Iran. And actually, Floyd and I recently met a family now living in Canada from Iran. Uh, They became Christians after they left the country. But when I asked the question, well, were you Muslim? And no, not really. But they would have been culturally Muslim. Do you think we're going to see something like that in Afghanistan, where the Taliban being so aggressive that people are going to say, you know what, I, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't want anything to do with God. And then, But perhaps then become open, as we've seen in Iran, which we understand now is the fastest growing church in terms of percentage anywhere in the world. And I guess that would be the hope, but do you see that happening, John?
2: It is happening. I mean, God is revealing himself to Muslims every day, and they're coming to Christ every day. And, you know, you've heard about dreams and visions and supernatural encounters and access to God's word now more than ever. But there's also that dynamic you just described that if I'm a follower of Islam, and I see all the fighting and all the oppressiveness, it actually can turn me away from my own worldview. I become discontent or dissatisfied with my own worldview, and therefore I'm open uh, to something else. And so yes, we're believing that's what's going to happen uh, in, uh, in Afghanistan.
0: So practically speaking, what can we do? Again, we've seen the reports, millions of dollars raised, we're going to get it to the people of Afghanistan. We know that the banks aren't, at least as we're doing this interview, aren't even operating properly. Um, Obviously, we need to be skeptical though, right, John, about organizations that are raising all these millions of dollars and either exaggerating, again, I don't know motives, we're not going to judge that, but falsehoods are being said at this time. So, what can we practically do? Because we're getting calls as Floyd mentioned to the voice of the martyrs in Canada here. How can we help the believers there? What would you, how would you respond to that?
2: Well, all of them are going to say, please pray for us. Please lift us up to the throne of grace. Please cry out to God that he would be with us if we need to be rescued or if we need daily bread. So we tell people, pray the Psalms, pray Psalm 23, pray the Lord's prayer you know, pray as if you would want someone praying for you. Pray Psalm 91. I mean, there's the Bible is full of ways we can respond in prayer and standing with them. I mean, for those of us from the West, we say, if you can advocate with your government, or if you have a voice that way, let's be a voice for the people of Afghanistan, that they won't, this won't, you know, die down and be forgotten, and that they won't feel forsaken, that we continue this ongoing voice for their situation. And then, Floyd and, and Greg, as you know, in, in, in what we would just say, the family of ministries that we represent, there are ways that we can help. So listeners could write uh, back to you guys and we can make the proper connections because there are ways that we're getting practical and spiritual assistance to our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan.
0: Just want to go back to the Taliban for a moment. Uh, it's more of an organic um militant islamic group but then there's the groups that are outside like isis and al-qaeda do you see them working together because i know in ideology it's very different uh the taliban is trying to at least present to the world because of wanting the billions of dollars that they need to run the country of saying, "Okay, well, we'll let women be educated, but they can't be in the same room as a man. Uh, We're not going to, you know, have retribution against those that work, you know, with our Canadian government or the U.S. government, some of the other NATO, uh, you know, organizations. Um, So how is that? Do you worry about the fact that it might get more dangerous there with uh, ISIS, who clearly are bent on being more violent?
2: The potential is there, Greg, the chemistry is there. But just remind the listeners that yes, the, the Taliban, it emerged back in the 90s, primarily in Afghanistan, with some influence from Pakistan. But the clarifying statement is, the Pashtun people make up part of eastern Afghanistan and western Pakistan. So that's why there's there, yeah, there's a border there that kind of split the Pashtun people in half. So they developed in the 90s primarily to bring back Sharia law and what they thought is their strict form of Islam in their home country. That's their country. Now, ISIS and al-Qaeda, as you know, was birthed in the Middle East. That's more of an Arab, Sunni, uh, Muslim type of thing. But, yes, they have a presence in Afghanistan. And, sadly, it makes for a chemistry that could make things a whole lot worse uh, because ISIS and Al Qaeda are doing things and promoting things that are far more radical and far more extreme, and uh, so if they're able to operate in Afghanistan, yes, it could it could create more of a terroristic type of thing. Uh, but reminding the listeners that the Taliban is organic, it's homegrown. That's their country, and some of them don't want to destroy their country. They're trying just to govern their country under Sharia law, which whether or not we agree with that meaning it's their country you know what i'm saying they're 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 watan doors as they would say that's their homeland you know and so uh, uh but sadly isis and al-qaeda their presence make it complicated and they do level the intensity of radical islam which is concerning uh, to all of us
0: when the taliban swept back into control of afghanistan many foreigners were forced to leave the country And that has led to Afghan believers with the responsibility of leading these small gatherings.
2: Well, that's the beauty of it. If it's Afghans leading Afghans, then our response is uh, we, along with them, have to trust the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The Lord is the Lord of the harvest, and it's His harvest. He sends people into the harvest. He brings forth the harvest. He scatters the seed in the harvest. And so we have to trust the Spirit of God and the Word of God to bring life to the people of God, to equip them, and to prepare them for this challenge. But it is a challenge, as I mentioned, being like sheep among wolves, and it's a challenge that is before them in terms of living out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But we can trust the Spirit of God and the Word of God to anoint them and to use them to finish the task that the Lord has said of making disciples and seeing the harvest come before He returns.
0: Okay, I'm going to go back to Floyd here, and uh, John, and then before we close out our podcast, I'd like you to give us some prayer points, some things that we can do in a practical way so that we can be effective in our prayer. And again, I know it starts with prayer, and the three of us know this, you know, in our travels, when we say, okay, how would you like, you know, your brothers and sisters in Canada and America and around the world, you know, what's the most important thing? And it's always prayer. And so we want to close with that. But Floyd, again, we're getting calls to the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. How can we help? So what, what are you looking at doing and your team there at the Voice of the Martyrs Canada uh, in terms of helping our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan?
1: I, I've been talking with our international team, and we believe that the best thing we can do right now is keep, keep going on with the projects that we implemented at the beginning of the year. So we, we hope and we, you know, our goal is to see a vibrant Christian community in Afghanistan uh, growing spiritually mature, uh, raising families, being able to disciple other Afghans and, uh, and contribute positive, positively to society. And so uh, for the moment, we're gonna keep, keep doing those projects. Th- those, uh, those resources are, are mainly digital, right? So we, we have platforms like television, um uh, website apps where uh, Christians can get ac- Christians in Afgan- Afghanistan can get access to uh, those resources and materials and and uh, use them to grow spiritually they can use them in their house church settings uh, and they can and they can grow that way but it's also so that would be an equipping project right mm-hmm. where we're bringing resources tools as where Richard Wernbrand said, uh, give them the tools that they need to do uh, so that they can do the work of the church. Uh, but then it's also evangelistic in that we also encourage them to go and make disciples and and so uh, we of course uh, partner with groups that are able to connect with Afghan believers and and really have dialogue and training and teaching on how do they make disciples, in, in Afghanistan. It's gonna look a lot different than maybe how we make disciples in Canada. Um, certainly the context, any environment is different. And so there's some specific training and, and, and tools that they can use uh, where they can make, uh, make disciples as well. Uh, so we believe those, those projects are still needed and vital. Uh, and those tools actually will be used by Afghan Christians that decide to leave. So our prayer is that if if Afghan Christians decide to leave, that they will continue to be faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ wherever, wherever they go outside of Afghanistan. But certainly then those that are within Afghanistan, they need to be continued to supported, uh, be supported uh, in the way that we've been doing it. Uh, and, and like I said at the beginning, we'll keep our eye on the situation. And when there's opportunity, uh, should opportunity arise to be able to partner uh, with, with other uh, VOM missions or ICA missions or other partners that we have where we can bring some practical relief, of course, we'll always uh, seek to do that as well. But at the moment, uh, that's, that's not available to us.
0: Thanks for that, Floyd. And, you know, as we are going forward, I'd encourage you to go to vomcanada.com. You can always call our office. Again, we'll put all the information on the show notes here on the podcast uh, to, you know, to keep you informed, because I know many people, their heart really is to help in a practical way in Afghanistan. And again, continue to pray. So we're going to do that in just a moment, John. But I I would love you to share a story. recently heard you uh, share a story about a lady named Mary uh, because you know we can have sort of you know these statistics you know five six eight ten thousand Christians in Afghanistan they become numbers but these are individual people so can you share the story about Mary?
2: So Mary, like many Afghans, becomes discontent with her own worldview, and she becomes open then and asks questions and realizes some spiritual truth that she begins to discover. Long story short, God speaks to her in a dream, and she becomes a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now she wants to share the story of God with others. So here's how it goes. She puts the full burqa on her. Now she's wearing the full burqa to honor her husband and her father and her culture and to be respectful. And now she's walked out into the market, the local bazaar. Maybe she stops and picks up a few things along the way. And then she eventually she gets into a village, and she knocks on the door at the house, and she's greeted by some women who are expecting her, and they go into the room. And now they've taken, that, they've taken that thing off, and now they're not hidden. God sees them. God loves them. God is with them. And in this case, it could be some widow ladies. It could be some she's married and has kids. It could be young ladies with kids. It could be a mixture of females that are sitting uh, in this room. And depending upon where Mary is with them in the process of spiritual discovery, it sounds like this at the very beginning. I want to share a story with you that's changed my life. We know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and she begins doing a creation to Christ approach, a storing approach, sharing the living word of God, which is living and active, and that allows them to discover the one true God that sees them and loves them. And... Now they might finish, and they're going to drink some tea, and she might pray a blessing on them, or she may continue the story depending upon where she's at in relationship with them. But to illustrate the process, then she puts that covering back on. She walks out through the market, back to her house. Yes, during the time that she's walking, no one sees her, but yet she comes back into her house. Her family knows her. Her children knows her. And God sees her and God was with her and God was using her to share the story of God that's changed her life and to invite people on a discovery process to also encounter uh, the one true living God. And organically, that process uh, is spreading uh, throughout the country through people like Mary, uh, Mary, and as both of you have already mentioned, even through digital social media. Uh, the, the living seed, the story of God is spreading throughout that land.
0: And that's just one story. God is working in Afghanistan. He's working in North Korea. He's working in Saudi Arabia, some of the most difficult places in the world. He's working in Canada. He's working in the United States. Uh, the Spirit of God is is doing amazing things in the world. And, John, thank you for your perspective on what is taking place in Afghanistan. We so appreciate you. And I just love your passion. And, and I know that you and your family, in fact, you were even telling me uh, before that you got married in Afghanistan. And you had a very public wedding. So before we're going to go to prayer, but just tell me quickly about that and the opportunity, even in that moment, to be able to share the good news of Jesus.
2: Yeah, I was not expecting to meet my future wife, bride-to-be in Afghanistan, but that's what God did, and God spoke to us very clearly. At that time, this is the land of our calling. My wife was born there. We met there. We believed God wanted us to get married there, and we knew in the context of a marriage or a wedding, we could share our faith. And so in sharing about our love for each other and uniting in love as husband and wife, we shared about the God of all creation who loves us and who pursues us through Jesus Christ because of his great love that he wants to, us to experience in, in terms of his redeeming love to know him as our heavenly father. It was a very public witness in that regard. And uh, you can read more about it in a book called Najiba, a love story from Afghanistan. And uh, we, there was some opposition from it, as you might imagine. Uh, but there were a lot of seeds planted and a lot of fruit that came from uh, that uh, that we were able to do in terms of uniting in marriage and sharing the gospel that way, we actually did it twice. We did it up in uh, the city where I had been living, and we did it down in the capital where my wife uh, had been living. And during that time, hundreds, probably thousands, because it was shared publicly in some regards, uh, they heard about God's love for the yeah for the first time in their own language.
0: Wonderful, John, and uh, well, even your appearance. So you you're American, but man, you really pulled into the culture you became in a sense uh afghani and i know the bible talks about you know we become all things to all people to win some and you've won some and i know you're doing wonderful work and i know that your heart is breaking uh, for afghanistan so can you lead us in prayer and floyd and i and everybody listening and watching uh, can join in because god is working and, and our hearts are broken and i know that we've cried tears as a result of what's taking place there so will you lead us in prayer
2: Father, our hearts are broken, and we know it's partly because your heart is broken, and you enter into times like this uh, in your presence and in your comfort and your peace. So we want to pray with and for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. Lord, every Afghan family, every Afghan person that has come into your family, we lift them up to your throne of grace, that they would know your peace, they would know your comfort, they would know your protection. You would provide for them daily bread. Lord, you would use them as they gather in your name. You would use them as salt and light. You would use them as representatives of the kingdom of God, which we pray that would spread throughout the country. God, we do pray for the Taliban, that you would forgive them. You'd have mercy on them. We pray for the light of the gospel to spread, not only among the Pashtun, but every unreached people group that's there in Afghanistan, that there would be a gospel witness that we would reproduce and multiply through that whole country. And God, our hearts are broken uh, for people that, that are trying to leave because they believe that's best and they're stuck at different places would you rescue them would you deliver them god we do pray for now thousands it could be over hundreds of, of thousands of afghans that have scattered to neighboring countries or they've they've exited on planes we pray would you you be with them lord even This week, we're going to another place where there's at least 7,000 Afghans at a military base. God, we pray you love refugees. Lord, you yourself experienced that, your own family. And God, we pray that now as there is this great diaspora that's been scattered, God, we pray that you would meet them they would come to know you and experience your grace. And many of them would be able to even go back to Afghanistan one day or to have a voice back into that country. God, you love these people so much. You shed your blood to redeem them. And we pray, would you receive the reward of your sufferings among the Afghan people, every tribe and nation, kindred and tongue. Lord, give us wisdom as a family of ministries to know how to respond, to come alongside them, to support them not only in the homeland, but now where they've been scattered for your glory and for the, your goodness and mercy among them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, John. Hey, Floyd, can I get you to pray for John and his family? I know this is not an easy mm-hmm. time for you, brother. You've, mm-hmm. Your heart and soul is in that country, and I mm-hmm. just want to say how much we love and appreciate you, and thank you for being with us. But Floyd, mm-hmm. can, you, can you pray for John?
1: Yeah, amen. Father, we just uh, come before you and we lift up our brother John and his family uh, before your throne of grace, God. We thank you for his heart, his heart that beats uh, with a passionate love for Afghan people, uh, wherever they are, Father, uh, not only in Afghanistan, but uh, the diaspora as well. God, we just pray that you would continue to open opportunities for him to be able to uh do works of good for the afghan people god that uh, he would be able to bring relief to those that are hurting those that are in desperate need right now lord Uh, we thank you for people like john that uh, are running and willing to go and serve uh, afghan people regardless of their religion regardless of their belief god that that they can be your hands and feet in a time of such desperation and need i just thank you god that Uh, you have also placed on john a burden uh, to uh, to not only do good works but to speak words of good uh, to the afghan people god and of course that's your gospel it's your truth and so father i pray that you would open opportunities for john to be able to uh, bring the good news to those that are are desperate to hear it father and to encourage uh, our brothers and sisters when he meets them in the faith, God, and that he would uh, be a source of blessing to all that he meets in, in the region, God. And I pray for him and his family. I pray protection over them, Lord. I pray that you would give them all the resources and tools that they need to be able to do the work that you've called them to, Lord. We thank you that we were able to spend this time to uh, get to know a little bit more about uh, Afghanistan and the situation, and but also to hear our heart beating and our heart bleeding for what's happening in that uh, situation there god and so we thank you you are the god from whom all blessings flow and we just pray that you would use us for your glory and i pray that you would use john and his family for your glory as well as they seek to minister uh, we pray these things in jesus mighty name amen
0: amen again john weaver thank you for joining us uh, floyd Always good to see you, and I'm uh, going to put the information on the podcast notes. So John talked about some books, and uh, so we're going to get that information. Also, the Voice of the Martyrs website, uh, you know, encourage you to be, you know, checking that out to find out ways in which we are working in Afghanistan and all over the world. You know, these are scary times, men, but God is working, and I've, I've heard other missionaries say this is the most exciting time to be alive and serving Jesus, and also the most dangerous. The kingdom of God is moving forward by force, and we just want to be a part of the God story during our lifetime. So, again, John, thank you for joining us. Uh, God bless you. Greetings to you, you, your family, your five children. Got one more thing to say? Go for it, brother.
2: No, that's it. I just want to say thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for your prayers, and uh, thank you so much for letting us have this time together. No, Thanks a lot. Yeah.
0: Okay. God bless you. And uh, thanks for listening to Closer to the Fire. And you know, one of the things we always say, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to fire. Thanks for listening and God bless.